The Steve Warren Project. Sports and whatever. Okay, what do we got for you today? Let's see. Headlines everywhere. Headlines. Uh, Sends the general manager all re-upped for another four years. Pierre Dorian gets a new year uh, deal with the Sens. We'll also talk a little bit about probably the most exciting time in Canadian tennis history. Fair to say, we'll, we'll talk about that. Mm. Uh, we'll also get into what else do we have today? We have Theo Fleury saying some things on the vaccine front that he probably should not and a whole lot more. Welcome to the SWP. It's Tales of Sports and whatever. Jam, jammed up, crammed up with all of that. I'm Steve Warren along with Jim Jerome. James, how are things? Uh, Stevie, not bad. Yeah, I get. I gave you the, uh, while you were presenting the headlines of what's on the show, the teaser, mm-hmm. I gave you the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it reminded me of a friend of mine, because we were talking yesterday about pet peeves. Yeah, right? why were you, you giving me the mm-hmm? Thing right. where you're like, was it sarcastic? As if I'm no, no, like, no. I'm oh. like, mm-hmm, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, oh, okay, yeah. I'm chewing. <laughs> Yummy on what noises. You're saying, right? <laughs> okay, I'm, chew- <laughs> I'm chewing mm-hmm. on what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, yesterday we were talking about pet peeves, and I just hit you with the K, the letter K for right. You know, the the, the affirmative or whatever. Uh, so I got a friend. Okay, I'm close close to them. This friend of mine, who when you're talking, okay, you're into a conversation about something. Steve, all they do is go like this. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. So that's kind of that's kind of funny once, you know, if you went, well, Jim, there's uh, you know, the two Canadian kids have beaten the odds to go to the final DOS. Mm-hmm. Right? Do they With understand everything, how Steve, everything, how that, Stevie? Oh man. It uh, sounds mm-hmm. so disinterested. I'm sure that's not their intent. Or maybe they are disinterested. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna do it. You go ahead. Anyway, lead, launch into what we want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I don't want to get into the, the storylines yet, but I'll talk about your blue shirt. You got a blue shirt on there. It's a nice blue shirt. Looks like it's new. Mm-hmm. You got the headphones going there as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, God. I'm going to come right <laughs> through the freaking computer screen at you. <laughs> you know, one, one, of the great, uh, one of the great stories, Kevin Lowe, um, the, you know, you've heard, uh, if you listen to Suspendables, remember when Russ told a hilarious story when he was in L.A. and he pretended he was Luke Robitaille because the guy's, one of the media guys launched in. I've embarrassed myself, Stevie, with mixing up names and positions yeah. and titles. And this guy came in and said, hey, Luke, can I get a word with you? And Russ looked at him and went, absolutely. You know, yeah. absolutely. So <laughs> he gave him the full interview. He gave him the full interview with Luke Robitaille. And, uh, and really, bra- really braggadocious, too, through the whole thing. Like, yeah, I'm pretty much the greatest left winger who's ever played the game. <laughs> that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was funny. Um and what, uh, you know, they pick on the rookies, of course, right? Uh, and they they took they took a rookie. I, f- I don't know who it was with the Oilers. And he was all excited. He had just come in to maybe got traded there or something his first day or his, or his first NHL game. And, of course, the media wanted to talk to him. Uh, and and one of the media guys was new, mm-hmm. okay, with, the, with, this, with this kid who was coming in. And... He had asked Kevin, could you, could I, could I talk to him, you know, uh, alone, like, you know, not, not in the scrum or not in the presser. And Kevin said, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He goes, good, man. This would be like my, almost my first big break, you know, that I'm going to get to interview this guy. And then they tuned the, the hockey player up to just, just yes, no, I'm Stevie on the, on his interview. 
question. Oh, baby. So bad, baby. So bad. <laughs> this, this poor Kevin says we were watching it all laughing behind as the kid, you know. So here I am with Josh Gallardo. Okay. And, uh, and Josh, welcome to camp. And how are you feeling? He goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the Darren Zach interview. And the guy that Kevin said, you could see the guy starting to pace back and forth. And then the, sort of the, 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 the shine of his forehead starting to sweat a little bit. And anyway, love that shit. Love yeah. that shit. Mm-hmm. I think I, if I'm interviewing someone now, I think I've got the confidence now. Like back in the day, I probably just try and still grind it out and just work it, work it, try and keep the interview going. But if I get about, I think about, I don't know, eight to 10, I'd say eight to 10 Deep. one word answers. I'm saying, okay, thanks for coming in. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Uh, and then even if they're still in the studio, we go on to, we just ignore them now and yeah. talk about something else. That's because um, I mean, there's nerves and then there's just being a jerk. Yeah. You got <laughs> That's clear yeah, what that is. Yeah. I got a buddy, comedian friend of mine who just says when someone's going like that, he says, just put your hand on their shoulder and go have a good day. Right. Yeah. yeah and then you exactly. Turn, turn about face and out the door. Uh, just as a conclusion to your thought about the mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus, it's even bugging me. Don't do yeah. that. And then, and, and I guess there's also a segue because you're just talking about uh, Russ Cortnell. Remember when we had Jeff Cortnell on? He's got a, I don't know if you've noticed it, but he does a, mm, yeah. Oh, no. Mm, yeah. Mm, oh, no. Yeah, at the end of every sentence. Mm, remember, yeah. I never noticed. I'm going to have to mm. go listen back. We interviewed him. And one of our bosses, remember, who used to just make make sort of grunting noises. <laughs> Remember one of our bosses? You know, hey, how's it going? <laughs> what? <laughs> I remember one of our bosses. What are you a groundhog or something? <laughs> I remember. Remember, we'd go in with one of our bosses, and uh, we'd sit across from him at the table, and he would he he was the GM at one point. I probably shouldn't say that, yeah. but uh, he basically, when you'd make him laugh, he would do this sort of bongo oh, yeah. drum thing on the desk, and then sort of, <laughs> and then sort of push away from the desk. Yeah. do that every time. It was a great reactor. The great it was a reactor, great reactor, but it was yeah. odd is all. Yeah, it threw you off a little bit. You know, what's, what What happens next? Are you going to get slapped in the face from a seal or what? <laughs> <laughs> we not kid. Mark we Mayhew, because I know he's a good listener. So I won't, yeah. it was not yeah. Mark. No, it wasn't uh, Mark at all. No, we kid. Uh, making the rounds today on the internet. Uh, I'm, I, maybe you're like me because your kids are around the same age. Did Steve from Blue's Clues not help raise your kids as he did mine? No. No? Okay. No, don't know about that. Don't don't know about that. You never they they never watched any blues clues at all? Uh, maybe they did. Maybe they did. And I just remember uh, my wife and I uh at the time saying, We're not gonna do that whole video thing with the kids. You know, we see other parents doing it. You know, they're just they're they're not uh stimulating their children enough. They're just letting them sit in front of them. We're not gonna do that. Right. And no daycare for our kids, you know. We're going to, all right, I don't know. We lasted about two weeks going, get the video, plug the video in, and I got her lined up with a daycare tomorrow, the full day. <laughs> well, I think there's lots of parents around our age anyway that would uh, certainly uh, be keen to see this thing because it's the 25th anniversary of Blue's Clues. So Steve, who's a fairly iconic character in kids programming, um, well, now he's a lot older now, and he basically had an explainer video on Twitter today and across social media, where he's basically explaining to the kids who are now all in their early twenties by now as to where the hell he went. Oh, he just kind of he just kind of jumped on a bus and went off to university one day. So, you know, we used to you know freak out about the mail together, and we'd run around the house with Blue the dog. And uh, anyway, it was uh, 
don't use your blue the dog no no i won't don't worry thank you i appreciate that (laughs) run around the house and blue the dog (laughs) yeah what? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. so I, I forget which. Uh, no, they were uh, the the books. Stevie, endless books were uh, for the kids that we had to right. read. It was Franklin. It was Franklin, the turtle guy. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we knew him off by heart. But mm-hmm. anyway, my son, who's twenty five now, he basically. Uh, got the biggest kick out of it and because he was steve was addressing the video like he's talking to the kids in their in their later years and so i'm glad we're still friends and i've missed you and all that stuff and it really felt to my son who's autistic like it was a personal letter from one of his close friends growing up so it was kind of it's kind of a special moment um and and cool it was uh it's tv and i know that that probably shouldn't be a special moment but that actually kind of was I, you know, we used to, well, I thought it was brilliant. It was way ahead of its time and it would still work today. So is it TV Ontario, Steve? Is that the public network in Ontario? That's correct. And there used to be a guy on there. He was just great. And I, I loved watching it with the kids. And I think the show was called Art Attack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it Try really yourself. Cool. Was that him? Try yourself? That Try was, yourself. That's where that came from. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is an alt attack. This is an alt attack. This is an alt attack. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. God, you got a memory for just crazy shit that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Well, you have no memory for anything. So, (laughs) good Mm -hmm. or bad. (laughs) How about the kids? How about the US Open? Come on. Before we talk send stuff, I know there's some some stuff there, but. uh, Yeah. We're in a special time, a really special time for Canadian tennis to have two Canadians in the semifinals at the U.S. Open at the same time. is just crazy. I thought right. I thought we'd peaked a couple of years ago when Bianca Andreescu won the whole thing, but this may be even better to have the quantity of Canadian talent that we have right now. It is Leila Fernandez and Felix Auger-Aliassime. They've reached the U.S. Open semifinals for the first time in their careers. Fernandez booked her spot in the last four after an upset quarterfinal win over Ukraine's Elena Svitolina, mm-hmm. and uh, she celebrated her 19th birthday on Monday. Um, and basically, this is the Olympic bronze medalist. So look at her last three matches. Naomi Osaka, defending champion, then a three-time Grand Slam winner in Angelique, uh, Angelique Kerber, Kerber, and yeah. then finally this win over your reigning Olympic bronze medalist. And, uh, and now she's on to the semifinals against Arina Sabalenka of Belarus. Mm-hmm. And on the men's side, much shorter outing for Montreal's Auger Aliasim. He advanced to the final four on the men's side after his Spanish opponent, Carlos Alcarez, had to retire due to a leg injury early in the second set. So let me put this out there. Auger Aliasim didn't have to work very hard, James, to escape from Alcaraz. Oh, no. There we go. Okay. Easy run, McLean. Yeah. Not bad, though. Not horrible. Not bad. Strong. No, nope, strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and that kid was a story in itself. Uh, it, the 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 kid who played Aliasim, he was like I you know I think he was unseated, Stevie. Have you already forgotten like that. that his name's Alcaraz? I just said that like five oh, seconds Alcaraz. ago. I even okay, made a Alcaraz. joke about it. Yeah, all right, all right, Steve Alcaraz. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, he was a good story too. So, but so two Canadians in the final four of the U.S. Open. Bananas. Wicked. Wicked. Yeah. Did you hear John McEnroe talking about Canadian tennis? No. It's kind of good. I'm going to play it right here. It's John McEnroe 
and uh, what he had to say about the uh, this uprising of Canadian tennis talent. And what's with Canada? They're having a great run. Shapovalov, I mean, B- BB, Layla, exactly. FAA. That's that's my point. Shapovalov. <laughs> Help me out here. They're hockey players. Oh, They're not Sometimes tennis I'm players. Not they play good hockey. They're not supposed to beat Americans in tennis. So there's John McEnroe dragging out the standard Canadian cliche. I'm surprised he didn't drop a bunch of A's in there. Good Lord. What's up with Canada? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's way nicer to live here than in the States. Yeah. Here's something else that's up with Canada. Awesomeness. Yes, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, what a what a cool thing. You know, <clears throat> when you when you look at that, you wake up this morning if you're you know, to hear that headline that you got two Canadian tennis players in the in the semis and the men's and women's. Uh you talked about this a few days ago, because I kind of I kind of beat it like a in the head about the FedEx Cup, you know, and the golf, and it just doesn't do it for me. And it, I don't think it does it for you and for lots of people. It's you know, it's it's kind of not working. And you said it should it should be the heavy match play, mm-hmm. okay? It should be the heavy match play. Over maybe it's over a week, Steve, or over four or five days. They can play, you know, they can play two rounds a day in golf, tennis. You need a couple of days off, so it takes two weeks for these majors. But when you look at what they've done, just when you explained that whole headline and go, this is who she beat, and then she beat her, and then she beat her, and then she, you know, Eliasim did this, 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 and this, and this. So it's it's really captivating. It's really captivating. You know, I'm not, I'm not a huge tennis guy, but when it's on the majors, I love talking about it. I love watching it. And I think you're onto something. I think you're onto something with other sports. You know, uh, you know, golf does great with its four majors. They, they're, they're fantastic. Everyone knows about them. Open PGA Masters and the, and, uh, um, what, the PGA the U.S. Open and the British Open in the math. Everyone knows about them, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> clearly everybody knows. Eventually, anyway, I think, everybody I, you knows. Know, <laughs> you, when you look at this thing, it's it's always the story when the lot, no matter who they are, the cream rises to the top, but not so much, mm-hmm. right? Not so much this week. Now, Alia seems no slouch, man. Okay, I think he's he's seated top twenty for sure. Um, so when when you look at that and you go, what what an unbelievable feat! To last and in the, you know to last in the heat and in under the under the you know the watchful eye of oh I don't know millions of people yeah uh, you know trying to beat um, you know the states at their own game um, the, you know the weather is just unbearably hot and on and on and on you know so I, I I think it's the pinnacle I think it's the pinnacle in sports when you do it that way right when you do it that way where where it's long drawn out grinding freaking event. You know, so. yeah. Now, before we hit break, you mentioned golf there, and I want to talk about the Ryder Cup because the Ryder Cup teams have been announced. And uh, what are our dates here? It's uh, September 24th through to September 26th. 12 golfers for the U.S. and 12 for Team Europe. And the way it works is uh, you have, uh, I believe, automatic qualifiers, six automatic qualifiers, and six captains picks. Mm-hmm. Your, your captain is Steve Stricker, then his assistants, vice captains, that is. Phil Mickelson and Fred Couples. So here are your automatic qualifiers for America. You got Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, DeChambeau, Kepka, Justin Thomas, and Patrick Cantley. How good is that? That is just insane. <laughs> but the Strong. captain's pick are always interesting because there's a bit of wiggle room. The captain, as the name would indicate, can pretty much decide on who he wants there. He chose Daniel Berger, Harris English, 
Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, and Jordan Spieth. And the one that was net left off to a bunch of eyebrows being raised was Patrick Reed, who has been a mainstay on right. the American team for the last three Ryder Cups. In fact, Reed's nickname may be somewhat sarcastic in there as well. Some of it is real. Some of it is sarcastic. He's uh, nicknamed Captain America. He's not going to mm -hmm. be playing at Whistling Straits this year. And uh, Steve Stricker basically saying he took it like a true champion when uh, he told Reed that he would not be on the team. And there was discussion about a pneumonia that he got over, by the way. Um, but mm -hmm. he was at the Tour Championship and finished 25th. So it's not like he wasn't. Uh, able to uh, to rally from that, but uh, it was the uncertainty of his health that Stricker said. I'm wondering, though, is it maybe possible that Reed's personality played into Stricker's decision? What do you think? Uh, got to be. It's got to be. Uh, they, they probably, you know, it has to to a certain degree. The, the, the problem there, Stevie, for sure, though, is uh, aside from the personality is, you know, the poor prick uh, gets sick, double pneumonia. Uh, right, right when the captains are are down to the you know the midnight hour here to pick their team, uh, so it's really it's really difficult to to pick a guy, you know. But you look at it and go, um, yeah, but the guy is nails, man, nails in the Ryder Cup, okay. Uh, and and half that reason, Stevie, may be because people don't like him. People don't like him, mm -hmm. and think of think of the opponents. Who, who come into this thing going, I, there's no one I'd rather beat more than Patrick Reed. You know, right. the, the smugness, the, the, the ego, right back to the day they, that his interview went viral, that he said, there's, there's no doubt that I'm top five in the world. You know, he labeled himself that, right? That's where it started to go downhill for that guy. He's a cheater. And, you know, the sand trap incident there, this, that, the other thing. He's disowned his family. He's not very good with fans, you know, on and on and on. And then if I'm the captain going, that bodes really well, man, to, to against the opponents. Right. It does. It yeah. does, right? It throws them off their game uh, a little bit. So, um, you well, know, yeah, I, and I agree with that. If I could chime in on that, like, for sure, that's what, that's what golf is all about, right? Never too high, never too low. And if there's this um, unusual emotional state that you're in because of your playing partner or, you know, or an opponent rather, uh, then that that can I think I think you're right I think that can play into things even hackers get that hackers like me there's some guys I play with I like it's really collegial and we have a great time and I seem to play well with that guy all the time but then there's other guys who uh, kind of get under my skin and they say the wrong thing at the wrong time and and I don't play well because I'm thinking oh, I really want to beat this guy right, right now right, right? so uh, right. I, I get I would imagine that applies even at the pro level yeah get, give me the six pick Stevie again uh, and then. Uh, sure. Um, yeah, go ahead. I got it here. Um, the six picks are Daniel Berger. And ask yourself, right. are all six of these guys going to give you a better chance to win the Ryder Cup than Patrick Reed? That's so, what yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Berger, Harris English, yeah. Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, and Jordan Spieth. Right. So I'm the the two I would look at are Daniel Berger and Scotty Scheffler. Um I I, I totally get uh, ex Ander Shoffley. Okay, I totally get that. The guy won the gold medal, man, at the Olympics. Okay, and he's he's solid, solid. His, his well, he's always he's been high there. on the leaderboard every major, it seems. Yeah, he's, he's so good, so good. I get that, uh, and I bet he's probably just under the top uh, pick, the top qualifiers. You yeah, know, he's going to be. 
I get him. Like so, Schaffler for sh- or Alexander Schaffler, uh, Tony Finau for sure, Harris English for sure. Dude's rolling, dude's rolling. Uh, uh, Though not a household name, I think those who are golf no, fans but not big golf good. fans, they would go, "Oh, who's Harris English?" Yeah. Exactly. I would I would leave off Daniel Berger and put Patrick Reed in there. That's what I would have done. Yeah, right. And maybe Scheffler. But Scheffler's been been peaking lately, so you got to go with a gut, I guess. Every once in a while, Steve, right? You're, it, it, it's an awful thing, right? When they're they're looking at that, going, "Okay, we can only pick. Can we pick seven? No, right. no. It's all, <laughs> can I go eight and a half? Can I get?" Uh, so, well, remember that scene at the end of Rudy, where the coach is in his office, and every guy on the Notre Dame team comes in and lays down his jersey on the desk. He's basically saying his last game. He still hasn't played in his four years of university. This is Rudy's mm-hmm. last chance to play. And the coach says, ah, we just don't have enough spots right now for you. We can't get you in, unfortunately. And yep. basically everybody comes in and says, he can have my jersey. He can have my jersey. It's a magical moment because the right. kid was so beloved by the whole team. I would wonder if just the opposite happened here in Steve Stricker's office where the entire roster of automatic qualifiers go in and say, uh, yeah, if uh, if you if you don't mind, we'd love it if Patrick Reed didn't play in the right. Ryder Cup. That that very well could have happened. Then maybe Steve Stricker had uh, you know had some help making that call. Well, what people forget, you know, there is some analytics right involved. You hear about it all the time now in baseball and even hockey. Right, they've started to bring this thing in, um, and and so you often hear when it gets uh, to the point where uh, they got to pick players, they got to do their t- they got to do their six. Uh, so it's, it's, there's a lot of talk about it and all of it mostly is, do these six guys match up well enough with another partner? Okay. So who are they going to, you know, cause most of it's pairs, right? Mm-hmm. It's three days of pairs. And then the last days, the 12 singles matches. So everyone hears that. Well, Reed was really good with so-and-so, or he wasn't with this guy. What they forget Stevie is what will come into this thing is looking at the opponents, mm-hmm. looking at the, the other team. And, and so they got an idea of who that the European team's going to be. And then they look at it and go, you know what? Patrick doesn't do real well against those guys. Right. Patrick doesn't, you know, they, they would, there's got to be some of it, Steve. They must look into it analytically and, and, and statistically, you know, so that, that must come into that too. So, yeah, no, I, yeah. I don't think there's any question. I mean, it's just, you guys uh, a douchebag. That's why he's not on the I, team. <laughs> I got to think that's, I mean, you're, you're joking when you say it, but it's, uh, in reality, I have a feeling that was that was part of the equation. I bet it was a difficult decision. Uh, Reed has been good at the Ryder Cup. Uh, I can't buy into the illness thing because, again, in the final FedEx Cup tournament, he was twenty. I say twenty twentieth or twenty fifth, one of the two. So his game's in shape. So I, I have a hard time buying into that. That the uh, the health thing is still an issue. But you know, they're all great players, and if you're in that position as a captain or a coach, to you know, okay, weighing the pros and cons, absolutely, personality and chemistry has to um, be part of that decision, I would think. So maybe Steve Stricker, you know, the, the talk of the deal here is Kepka and DeChambeau, you know, and, and who knows how that's going to go, right? Um, I hope they have a fist fight in the middle of the tournament. Yeah, well, they won't, they won't. But but maybe Stricker looks at that and goes, maybe the last thing we need is is sort of another aggressive, controversial, ego, maniacal, dude that's a good point yeah they may have already uh uh have their goofball content uh because because if you take a survey steve uh i was talking to a guy today about an hour ago uh golf fanatic right and and it's like every second person okay doesn't like brooks kepka the other second mm-hmm. people steve 
it's it's Bryson. Right. Who do you hate the most on the PGA Tour of the Stars? Right, Brooks, Bryson, Brooks, Bryson. I hate the whole thing that they got going on. Yeah. So maybe maybe Steve's like, okay, I got all I can handle. If if, and who knows what he was like in the room, right, Stevie? You don't know what 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 Patrick Reed was like in the locker room with these guys. You know, right? Um, you know, Russ has always said when guys come in to to play hockey and they were superstars. The problem is we've got to make up three other lines here, boys, beside the first one. And so if you got a guy, Stevie, who's a little, little edgy, okay, a little sensitive, and they and they expect that he's going to be the last pairing on the Sunday, that he's going to be the featured group all the time. They're going to send him out last. And 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 when they don't, that, that can set guys off a bit. And I would think Patrick Reed would be one of those guys that they're going, you know, this guy eye rolled me when I didn't put him as a as the first or last group out. You know, so right, yeah, and and, and what a bunch the, of shit can come into it. What an athlete is with the media and the fans and how gracious they are there. It's not necessarily indicative of how they are with their peers. We talk about Phil Mickelson in the past. I, I don't know that he's like that still. But there was a point mm-hmm. in his prime where Phil Mickelson was not particularly well regarded by others on the tour, but all throughout, I think fans and the media felt pretty good about him because. Uh, he right. turned it on when the spotlight was on. So, uh, yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's good thought because what you are in the public um, doesn't necessarily, even, you know, he might, people might think Reed is a jerk when they watch him on TV or when they're in the gallery. He might be even a bigger jerk when he's around the players. I don't know. Only the right. players know that, and maybe they had a hand in the decision that was made here. Anyway, we'll take yeah. a time out of the program. When we come back, we get into a little sense talk, and there's uh, quite a bit of it. That's coming up after these words. Are you on hold right now with the insurance website you use for convenience? Just text me and see how much more convenient that is. I'll take care of the problem for you and maybe even save you a little money along the way. And you can go back to watching the football game instead. Text 860-6008, All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Did you know that Jim K. Ford has been around since 82, one of the longest-running dealerships in Ottawa? That means next year they're going to be celebrating their 40th anniversary. They're in their 40th year right now, in fact. Uh, Mm -hmm. The K. family proudly strives to provide the best service in the automotive market with the help of their fantastic team of professionals. They're continually training and improving to ensure you always have the finest buying experience out there. So see what they're all about today at JimKFord.com, 438 Uville Drive in Orleans. All right. So the Sens in the news. Mm-hmm. Pierre Maguire, two months ago, was hired on as Senior Vice President of Player Development. And so that was, again, two months ago. And when that happened, people were wondering about GM Pierre Dorian and his immediate future. Because the Sens have just come off four straight years of missing the playoffs quite horrifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So there's a 31-team league here, Jimmy, and uh, last year was the first year in four years where the Sens triumphantly slipped inside the top 30. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not great. 23rd yeah, not this year. Good. Anyway, um, so we didn't know maybe Pierre Maguire, who's had uh, really made no secret of his goal to be an NHL GM someday, looked to me like he was the heir apparent, the GM in waiting, and Dorian was entering the final year of his contract. We're just uh, really a few days away from the start of training camp. But the Sens rolled up yesterday and gave Dorian a pretty massive endorsement, a contract extension that's going to keep him in Ottawa through the 2024-25 season 
with a club option for the year after that. So I feel good for Pierre Dorian, but I'm a little surprised because I I was I really thought Maguire was coming here with uh, maybe bigger aspirations or or bigger potential. Uh, so as when he arrived here, I really thought that this time next year he'd be the GM of the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I uh, I mean congratulations, right, to Pierre and Dorian. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fickle world, man. Uh, the NHL and the and management. Uh, I mean, it's tough. I mean, you know what it's like, you know, you know, to walk in each morning into work. Uh, you know, we work in the radio biz, which is very much like like working in a front office with an NHL team that you come in each day kind of going, Whew, all right, I'm okay for today. <laughs> There's no, I didn't get called in. There's no yeah. text, uh, you know, meet me in my office at nine o'clock. Uh, so it ain't, it ain't fun that way, but uh, so, so kudos to them. Kudos to, you know, and, and listen, if you don't know anything about Pierre, here's what you here's what you do need to know. I mean, that guy has been dying, dying to get a gig with a hockey team. You know, he's been vocal about it. He's, uh, you know, and he's been asking about it for years and years. He's put himself out there, um, like him or not. Uh, you know, I think he's done a fantastic job between the benches as as a commentator. You know, no no one can touch him. No one can touch him, Steve, in terms of of instant, you know, reaction to what's going on and and his knowledge of of the hockey world. There's no mm-hmm. doubt in my mind, Steve, that because of the interviews we did with Pierre all those years that someone's going to look at that some owner of an NHL team going, how, how does he, how does he know this about all those people? You know, how does he know it about all these people? Someone's going to go, we got to get that guy for our, 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 you know, player personnel guy, you know, yeah. he, he knows 7,000 guys and who they are and what their strengths are. So uh, good for him, you know, good for him. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm really with, uh, with the senior vice president of player development role, like, to me, if Pierre Maguire was ever going to get off the broadcast train, and obviously it was uh, the NBC thing, I mean, it had nothing to do with Pierre. NBC, uh, their contract rights with the NHL ran out, and someone else picked them up. And mm-hmm. so Pierre, I would have thought, you know, would have had a door open at you know TSN or Sportsnet or wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, he obviously wants to be part of a of an NHL team. I just assumed that if he was going to jump out of something that he was extremely good at, and that's the broadcast game and, and all his commentary, I was, go- I was just going to go ahead and assume that it was for something higher than senior vice president of player development. But mm-hmm. um, he is Pierre Dorian's right-hand man. I don't think there's any question about that. And I think the Ottawa Senators are, are better to have both those guys in there because Pierre Dorian has done an amazing job in the amateur scouting side of things. And uh, where they've probably fallen down a little is in the pro scouting side of things when you want to bring in guys in, in trade. And I think mm-hmm. Pierre Maguire, who's been all over the NHL and is well-connected everywhere, if there's a player that he doesn't know real well in the NHL, he's got a 10 contacts who he can get advice from. And, uh, and again, he's seen things r- up close and personal down at uh, ice level here over the last 20 years or whatever it's been. So he's mm-hmm. a real asset to the Ottawa Senators, whatever title you want to give him. So I think uh, the two Pierres, Pierre squared, is yeah. a pretty good combo. PP. I like Pierre squared better than okay, something P- that P- sounds P- like you're in. Here's the other thing, Stevie. If I'm Pierre Maguire or anybody else right now, okay, uh, when you bring up the Sens and their their abysmal performance the last four years, get the Kachuk deal done, Stevie. Yeah. Get it done. If nothing else, for great PR for this, you know, to stuff a microphone in front of this guy's face right now, 
going, I'm in, baby. I'm in. You know, there's got to be lots of people. I, I, the seasons, would, would you as a season's ticket holder, Stevie, you know, when they phoned you to renew going, I'd like to see the, I'd like to see a couple guys signed here before I step up again. Um, yeah, I'm, it's I'm, the Kachuk thing. That's what it comes down to. They have signed some guys. They signed Drake Batherson on Friday. Yeah. So that, that was a big one. So that helps. Uh, it's just another sign that the club is willing to commit to their, their young player base. Yeah. Uh, but the Kachuk thing is is obviously the uh, the real kingpin in this yeah. whole thing. If, if he, and, and Sean Simpson was saying today on Twitter that uh, the Sens have put it out there that they've offered Kachuk eight years. And what he's told is that Brady loves Ottawa and is more than willing to sign for eight. And the question is money and figuring out the number. And I think that's always been the deal, right? Every player's willing to sign an eight-year contract if the price is right, because you're asking him to give up some of his later eligibility as an unrestricted free agent down the road. So you got to pay him for that, for not mm-hmm. being uh, go, able to go to the open auction. But uh, right. still, it's said, yeah, you're absolutely right. Everybody in Ottawa is waiting on the Kachuk deal. And I think if, especially if they can get him long-term to an eight-year contract, that's when I think the organization is going to start to see the money flow from fan base to the organization by way of buying tickets and uh, suites and stuff. What we don't know really right now, Jimmy, is the whole COVID thing. We still, I don't think, have any rules on indoor hockey games and how many fans exactly will be let in in that scenario. Right, right. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's like being punched in the stomach again. Oof, you know, right, 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 right. COVID, COVID, COVID. Uh, But it's probably the biggest thing Eugene Melnick can do in terms of the ongoing reparation of his relationship with the fan base. If he signs Brady Kachuk and gets him long-term anywhere beyond six years, like the fan base will be doing cartwheels and, uh, I think the fans will buy it a little more of what, well, a lot more sure. of what he's been selling. Sure. I agree. Ink a deal, man. Get it inked. Let's go. 100%. Uh, let's take one more time out. And uh, when we come back on the program to close it out today, uh, we'll get into this Theo Fleury commentary about COVID-19 vaccine passports. Uh, one university professor calling it a stain on Theo's legacy. That's coming up after these words. Are you looking for a better value on your insurance dollar? If all the companies are charging close to the same price, who would you pick? What if I threw in an expert on your side for the same price? Call or text me today. I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario, 613-801-2659. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Everybody knows that Jim K. Ford is a fantastic choice to handle all your automotive needs, but they're also a full-service commercial and fleet dealership. They supply companies in the Ottawa area with work trucks of all shapes, sizes, and functionalities from small delivery vans right up to the big F-750s. Whether you're in towing, landscaping, or deliveries, Jim K. Ford will help you with the right truck customized for your needs. JimKFord.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. So, James, what say you about this story uh, and Theo Fleury? It's a Brandon University professor. Um, they've issued, well, the whole university actually has, um, they've issued a public statement criticizing Theo Fleury, the former NHLer, for spreading harmful conspiracy theories. Um, they had granted yes. Fleury an honorary doctorate six years ago. He was awarded the degree for his significant contributions to combating child sexual abuse. 
And Brandon University now saying Fleury's recent public statements about COVID-19 vaccine passports are a stain on his legacy. And they issued the statement after Fleury tweeted out on the weekend that vaccine passports would be used by pedophiles to track children. Fleury has <clears throat> since deleted the tweet, and that's a pretty disappointment sta- disappointing statement for a, a guy like that uh, to come up with and uh, does not help anything in the fight against COVID. Yeah, it's a difficult thing to comment on, Steve, because of what he's been through, you know? But, a million percent. Uh, yeah, so... So it's, I find that anyway, a difficult thing to comment. However, and I, I dare not say, you know, that aside, okay. Cause that, that ain't an aside, man. Yeah, you okay? can't put that, that is aside. not an aside. Um, but, but, you know, do you get, a, do you get a take back on that thing? That's why I've speaking to agents and signing deals and all that stuff where I know, I know a few of them, including Ron Chipperfield, you know, who we interviewed the other day. It's like, let, let's, let's, concentrate on on hockey and the hockey world and let's not dabble too much into politics yeah um you know um but the guy's done remarkable things about awareness but i i think he gets a take back you know and well, it's just, and the, it's just and such the, an out of the blue thing right like a, and I, I don't even get where he makes this connection like i can sometimes see when people go wrong on twitter or social media um they say the wrong thing they are <laughs> way off base but there's a little of you you go oh okay i guess i he, he blew it completely and that was inappropriate, but I yeah. guess I kind of see where this came from. I, I get the connection, but this one is just disconnected in every single way. I, I just don't understand how you can link those two things, COVID passports and that. Well, I, I guess the only thing I can think of what he was speaking of is, um, do you want to, you want to make sure predators are known? They want to make awareness of it. You know, they've got that, um, They've got that uh, in place when they're released from jail and they move into your neighborhood, Stevie, that, they, that, that they're allowed to publicize where pedophiles live, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to speak too much out of school, but I'm pretty sure that's out there. So do these guys get granted a passport, you know, any felon? You know, and, and I don't think they do, right? I don't think yeah. you can get a passport. Uh, so maybe Theo's thinking, well, you can't give them passports. If they do, you're you're allowing them to move around, to get out, to move away and stuff. And maybe that's what he's thinking when he hears the word passport. But this is a vaccination thing, Theo. It's not a it's not a it's not granting uh, you know, criminal criminals passports. Cr- criminal criminals. Yeah, so, yeah, criminal criminals, you know. It's not I like that. Yeah, you're not you're not you're not giving them passports. You're you're giving people what we want. Yeah. is them to for us to know that they're vaccinated. So it, it, you're right. It just doesn't make any sense. And I find it a difficult thing to comment yeah. ab- about him because of what he's been through and, and what he's done for awareness. For All right, let's close it out on something lighter. And that is, uh, I finally got a chance to sit down and watch Annie Murphy's new sort of sitcom slash drama. And I'm a big Annie Murphy fan. She played Alexis on Schitt's Creek. Uh, she's from Ottawa here, actually. And I was really hopeful for her new show called Kevin Can oh. Go F. Kevin Can Go F Himself. And it's basically a play on Kevin James sitcom, very short-lived. It was called Kevin Can Wait. Right. So the title is Kevin Can Go F Himself. And basically she plays um, the sort of housewife, I guess, in the yeah. middle of a sitcom. And there's a Kevin James-like character who is her husband. And it looks like your standard bad sitcom and then anytime the Kevin James character leaves the room, suddenly it 
stops looking like a sitcom and looks like a filmed drama. And she goes into things like wanting to kill this guy once she wants to murder her husband. But I got to say, I was really disappointed with it because it's... Oh, no. Yeah, I was was shocked how, how... It's just so... I mean, the whole business with the sitcom portion of the show is so obnoxious and badly acted. It's meant to be cheesy, I think, but it's still 50 to 60% of the show and it's awful and hard to sit through. And I don't know. I I, I, oh, I, no. I was I was sad because I'm such a big Annie Murphy fan and the character she played on Schitt's Creek. So I'm hoping it gets better. I've watched two episodes and holy cow, it was hard to get through. I hope it gets better. Oh no. Alexis, David. <laughs> Ew, David. <laughs> yeah, dude, David. All right. Not too bad. She got a nice gig with Hudson's Bay, the the store, right? And Tide. And Tide. Oh, she do another one? Yeah. Yeah, Um, it's a great one. It's one of the best uh, promos I've seen. It's Tide, and they're basically encouraging people to wash their clothes with cold water. And so it's like they have a big uh, jingle that goes, this is a cold call, and it's iced tea and stone cold Steve Austin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Making all these cold calls, and Annie Murphy is one of them. They're quite well done. Um. It's the old, uh, you know, they should have learned Steve from the other ones, right? Same deal. Everyone wants to capitalize on a massively successful project, and that, which was Shit's Creek. Okay? Came, no one thought it would work at the beginning, blah, blah, blah. Beautiful story. Beautiful. Speaking of Canadian, Stevie, what's up with Canada, says John McEnroe, with the good, with the good award-winning sitcom. Uh, Seinfeld, many have tried, Stevie. Many mm-hmm. have tried, right? I'm going to break away and do my own thing. I think even George did. I still go off Seinfeld. Kramer, I think, tried to have one. Uh, Dreyfus, hers might have been pretty good. Uh, and, and many others. Many others have tried it. Julia Louis Dreyfus had a couple. She had Veep, and she also had The New Adventures of Old Christine. Pretty much everything she t- does is, turns to gold. She's brilliant. But these aren't right. spin offs or anything like that, nor is this Kevin can go F himself. Right. Just an entirely just a new okay. project, and and she's she's the best part of it by far. But I just all I want to do is see her pick up a machine gun and mow down literally every character on the show. <laughs> That's the end. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll watch it. I'll try and give it. What's it called? <laughs> Kevin go F himself. That's right. Kevin, I love the title. I could, there's a lot of people I could put in there. A lot of names. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Enjoy your day. We'll talk to you in our next episode. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. Thanks for being with us on the SWP. Please subscribe today or support us on Patreon at stevewproject.com.